Hi, everybody. I'm Jason Mangum, and I have Mark Anderson from the field uh, reporting for World Impact News on a very, very important finding. And Mark's going to lay out the details, but uh, you that are you viewers and listeners, you are going to be outraged when you see, as Mark lays this out, of what is happening and how the numbers for COVID are being calculated. So the standard has lowered. Mark's going to give you all of that, plus we have footage. And Mark will explain that, but this is breaking news, and you're going to want to share this with everybody because it is outrageous of what has been put into place by the NIH and then what these states are adopting. And so, Mark, great to have you. Mark's in the field, but he's going to lay this out for you right now. Uh, great to be here, Jason, on this special edition of World Impact News. <clears throat> the location is Collin County, Texas, in the Plano area, just northeast of Dallas. And there, on May 18, 2020, a, what seemed like a routine meeting of the county board, led by County Judge Chris Hill, uh, that meeting transpired. And about 15 minutes into that meeting, I have found through research and through a tip from a viewer and reader that that county got a report from their health officials that day and learned that the state of Texas had adopted national guidelines from the CDC and NIH, um, and those guidelines vastly expanded the definition of a COVID-19 case to the point of almost utter meaninglessness, really to the point of meaninglessness. And in fact, when you sum it up and shake it out, and we'll be, we'll be watching in just a couple of minutes here, a few minutes, we'll be watching the actual proceedings from that May 18, 2020 county board meeting in County Collin County, Texas, excuse me. In a few minutes, we'll be seeing the footage from that. And that footage shows unambiguously, without question, this is not opinion. This is nowhere near conspiracy theory. This footage shows that now for every so-called confirmed case of COVID-19 through the PCR test, they are counting 15 or 16 more assumed cases, or as they say, um, probable cases. That's the terminology. So for every one they claim is a positive case, this can't be stressed too much, there's a total, and there's a couple ways of looking at it, but you'll see on the video, but there's a total of like 16 to 17 then that are counted. So the inflation ratio is for every one, add 15 or 16 more. Um, in, in most uh, uh, scenarios, the total would be 17, counting the one that they claim to be a positive test. So this by itself is absolutely outrageous. And as you'll learn by watching the Collin County video footage from that meeting, uh, there are so many subjective things that are so open to interpretation in these new guidelines. And keep in mind, Jason, that as we report this, it's July 1st, 2020, and we're only, we're only just learning now that way back on May 18th of this year, this new definition, this very malleable, stretchable, manipulable definition of cases and deaths was adopted that long ago, almost a month and a half ago. So this has had the better part of 45 days to get embedded into the newspaper reports and, and the various TV media reports and reports out of 
uh, Richard Cortez in Hidalgo County, Texas, and Eddie Trevino in Cameron County, Texas, both of those in, in far south Texas in the Rio Grande Valley. Collin County, again, being up by uh, the greater Dallas Plano area. And so the state adopted these completely imprecise, completely subjective, and really, I would say, rigged criteria for counting cases. And um, one of the things that you'll hear is a confirmed case stays the same. The, the one case that they say is confirmed, and then they add the other 16 on, uh, and then you get 17 out of one. And for that one confirmed case that needs to be there in order for, to add the other ones on, they say you still need the PCR test. This is what the health official tells the Collin County Board. But as we've reported before, Jason, even that is suspect, as bad as this sounds already. The inventor of the PCR test, who won a Nobel Prize for using it on HIV, Dr. Kerry Mullis, he said that the PCR is intended to identify substances qualitatively, but by its very nature is unsuited for estimating numbers. In other words, the viral load of COVID-19. These tests cannot detect free infectious viruses at all. Let me repeat that. These tests, the PCR tests, cannot detect free infectious viruses at all. They can only detect the proteins that are believed in some cases wrongly to be unique to a given disease or infection. So even the one confirmed case, quote unquote, that they depend on linked to the widely almost universally used PCR test, even that is completely questionable and suspect. But then to add total insult to vast economic, social, and medical injury already throughout this lockdown, going back to February and March of this year, 2020, when you consider what we're hearing now, belatedly, out of Collin County, uh, it, it, it's beyond outrageous. And uh, they also, get this, and you'll hear this again in the upcoming footage from Collin County, they also updated the definition for deaths related to COVID-19. This is an exact quote from the health official. Previously, it was only if you had a positive PCR result that you would be someone who died related to COVID-19, get those words, but now that lab testing is no longer required to be counted towards that. I'm going to read that again. Previously, it was only if you had a positive PCR result that you would be uh, counted as someone who died related to COVID-19. But now that lab testing is no longer required to be counted towards that. So lab testing is out for counting COVID-19 deaths as part of the same regulations that came down through the state of Texas and were accepted and adopted by Texas knowingly and willfully and now are being used by the localities, including Collin County, completely, verifiably, irrevocably fudging the numbers, inflating the numbers. There's no ambiguity. There's, no, there's nothing nebulous. There's no conspiracy theory. This is a smoking gun, Jason, that we are being flim-flammed on COVID-19. And uh, the rest that you'll hear coming up shortly in the Collin County proceedings from that day from their official video archived on the Collin County website. This is nothing derivative or anything like that. What you'll see is 
is really just absolutely amazing. And also take note that what you'll see includes the idea that you can have one major symptom without a test or two minor symptoms without a test, get that, and still be counted as a COVID-19 case. And the one that includes two minor symptoms includes a fever, and that fever can be subjective. In other words, without the use of a thermometer, you simply can claim or believe that you feel feverish, and that can be one of the two minor symptoms. The other can be as, as basic as a smell or taste disorder or headache or a little bit of the chills. And uh, you get two of those, including the subjective fever, and you can be counted. Or one major symptom, cough, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, evidence of pneumonia without an alternative diagnosis, and severe respiratory distress. But what's the difference between severe respiratory distress, shortness of breath, and a cough? A punch in the eye is a poke in the eye. I mean, the, the differences between them are almost not even measurable. They're all so close to each other. So the, the standards here are so low and, and so in, um, open to manipulation and fraud that I believe that it's fraud even for the counties to accept this from the state, let alone the state to accept it from the national level. How can they, in good conscience, any of our so-called leaders, uh, accept this kind of imprecision with something as serious as this that has led to the kind of, again, economic, medical, and social distress that this has caused? This is off-the-page outrageous. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, as you're hearing Mark report this, is they're taking these numbers and inflating them. So everyone on average is 15 cases and they are treated as COVID cases. So, but here's the footage right now. Let's go into that, Mark, so they can see what Collin County at a commissioner's meeting, this is a county meeting where they are laying this out based upon the directives of the NIH as given to the state that the state of Texas and I'm sure every single state in America has adopted. So here's that clip right now. At this time, uh, we'd like to have a conversation under the same header of COVID-19 update. We'd like to have a conversation and a presentation on the uh, Department of State Health Services case definitions. State of Texas, DSHS, has informed public health departments that they, are, they have adopted a revised definition for COVID-19 probable cases. And so we've invited our health department staff to come and uh, give a presentation today and inform the court and the public about this new definition. Aisha, how are you? Good, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, again, my name is Aisha. I am with the Epidemiology Department with Healthcare Services. So this is a brief explanation on um, the changes that have been made to the COVID-19 case definition. So this image here will show you um, the current case definition. We did bring printouts if you guys would like those or if it's, yeah. Sure. <clears throat> Thank you, Hasha. <clears throat> so currently, a confirmed case of COVID-19 was considered confirmed um, if there was a positive PCR lab result for COVID-19, meaning if they got the swab testing done, 
um, and it came back positive, that would be what we counted as a case towards COVID-19. You, if you didn't have lab results, if you just had symptoms, um, we could not count you as a case. So regardless of the contact you may have had with a confirmed case or symptoms, if there was no testing, you were not counted as a case. So in this image, we have the confirmed case and their possible contacts. And the total cases out of this is only one. Um, and then if we go to the next page, the new case definition. So for confirmed case, it stays the same. You still just need PCR. But now they've added a probable case definition. Uh, so that still gets counted towards the case count. It's different, it's not confirmed, it's probable, but it's still a case. Meaning if you use another testing method, not PCR, and if you have close contact with a confirmed or probable case, and if you did that lab work that was not a PCR, you could be considered a case with or without um, symptoms. They also changed the, they also updated the definition for deaths related to COVID-19. Previously, prior to this definition, it was only if you had a positive PCR result that you would be counted as someone who died related to COVID-19. Now that lab testing is no longer required to be counted towards that. Um, so that's just the language for the definition. And this next slide, the new probable case definition. Um, so this is a different um, options that we have for probable case definition. So if you do the FDA approved testing, which right now is serology, looking for antibodies, mm -hmm. IgG, IgM, you have to have the clinical criteria. And if you don't have that, and then you have the epi link, then you could still be counted as a case. So if we look at the yellow box here, that's the approved testing, right? If yellow, you have the test, and then you have any of the blue, you're a probable case. If you're yellow and you have any other close contact, which doesn't mean you're sick, you're a probable case. And then if you're out, if you don't do any of that lab work and then you get sick and you were a contact of a case, you are then counted as a probable case. So um, the clinical criteria that they have defined is at least two symptoms of fever, subjective or measured, chills, rigors, myalgia, headache, sore throat, uh, new smell and taste disorders, two of those, or one of cough, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, or evidence of pneumonia without an alternative diagnosis and severe respiratory distress. So there's many ors and then there's many ands. So in order to be counted as, if you, to see if you meet the EpiLink definition, you have to be a close contact of someone who's a confirmed case of COVID-19 or a probable case, or you came to a location where it's endemic. Right now, Texas has stated that they are considering the state as an endemic area. So that means if I just went and got serology testing done with no symptoms and I was positive, whether it's saying that recent infection or current infection, my new antibodies, or it's like I've had them for a while, I would be counted as a probable case. Um, so basically this, these three boxes, you can be yellow and blue without green to be counted as probable, yellow and green without the blue, 
and then blue and green without the yellow. But for the blue and green, if you had contact, that has to be within 14 days. So let's say activity dies down, slows down, and we're not considered endemic. Then we need that 14 days. But right now, that 14 day doesn't matter. Moving forward, it may, when activity slows down. So at the end of this definition, there are 15 different options on how you could be classified as a probable case. Before we go into the, 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 from the 15, you're talking about the expansions? Yeah. Is that what you're, is that what you're about to go into, the, poss the probable expansions? Or are so, you talking about this, the variables here? These variables, there's okay. 15 ways to. Yeah, let's go into that then, and, okay. and then we'll ask questions. Okay. So that same scenario, a little bit more extended. Um, now if we look at it with the new probable case definition, where some individuals had the FDA-approved testing of IgM, IgG, some individuals just had contact with someone who is classified as a COVID case, whether they are confirmed or probable. So at the end of this, based on this diagram and what they report, there's a total of 17 cases now. One is still only confirmed because that was that original index case who then had all these contacts underneath in orange and all the rest of them became probable, but they are still considered a case. So. Very good, thank you for that. Yeah. So just to recap, this is going to be, a, this has the potential to be a very significant uh, event for us here in Texas and here in Collin County as the state now has, has elected to adopt this new probable definition. And, and uh, as it's, if you'll go back one, Mr. Billio, as it's displayed there on the chart there, the yellow box, the blue boxes, and the green boxes. If you have any two of those three colors, then, then you will meet the definition of probable. And then the yellow, even have a, have a positive IgG, IgM, or, um, or AG test, any of the antibody tests, then that satisfies that. Mm -hmm. And then the blue, the, the different clinical criteria to satisfy the blue boxes. And then in green, the epidemiological linkage criterion to, um, criteria to satisfy the green boxes. What's, what's remarkable is if you were to talk about all of the options there to meet those different boxes, perhaps the lowest hanging definition or combination is one that uh, satisfies the epidemiological linkage by residing in any area where there's sustained ongoing community transmission. And as Aisha explained, that right now Texas is considered an endemic region. So all of the residents of Collin County already satisfy the green boxes. By virtue of the fact that they live in Collin County, they already satisfy the green. Now they only have to satisfy the, one of the blue boxes or one of the orange-yellow boxes, and they will be considered probable. If you look at the blue boxes, now, again, we talked about the orange-yellow boxes. That's a test, an antibody test. But if, if you look at just the blue boxes, if someone has two minor symptoms or one major symptom, that qualifies. So two minor symptoms, fever, headache, sore throat, chills. And fever, by the way, can either be measured fever or subjective fever. They just feel like they've got a fever. If you have a subjective fever and you have a headache and you live in Collin County, you now meet the qualifications to be a probable COVID patient. 
it is remarkable how low the standard is now. If you have one of the major um, symptoms, you have a cough or you have shortness of breath and you live in Collin County, then you can satisfy the definition for a probable COVID case. So the, I don't think it can be overstated here that how much this could be taken out of context and, and could be uh, giving a false narrative to our, to our citizens and to our community. I'm not saying that we're going to see the numbers jump. But I'm, but I'm very concerned that we absolutely could see the numbers jump uh, very rapidly in a way that actually is not indicative of what we're seeing here in the community in the public health department. And so I, I fear that this is a, coming at a time when we're just now starting to reopen. And if the numbers jump in a, in a false way, uh, it's going to start to be very concerning to our citizens that, uh, that we're actually going backwards. So the probable cases could be highly overstated and, uh, and less reliable, certainly, uh, than, than having an actual test. And then, so, if, Mr. Billy, if you'll go forward one slide. I think this is critical here, and, and you, you talked about this, and thank you for that. This is the potential impact for us, just as, as one example of showing what could happen. The yellow, uh, the yellow uh, person there is the only one on the board who has a positive PCR test. It's the only one that's tested positive with a true swab test for COVID-19. All of the orange boxes are coworkers and family members and neighbors and friends, folks that have had some kind of contact with the confirmed case. And as long as they can satisfy, and again, they all satisfy the green box, so as long as they can satisfy one of the blue boxes or the, the orange box, then they are all considered a probable confirmed case. So whereas right now, all of our resources in the public health department go towards tracking, uh, reporting, and then contact tracing the confirmed cases and the PUMs, the, uh, which is represented by one individual on this chart, that could be expanded 16-fold we have the potential to see a remarkable expansion of those that are considered COVID positive. And if you're just doing that for reporting, well, it's not reliable. So ladies and gentlemen, there you can see, it's laid out in public of how they are inflating the numbers. So you're wondering, here we are in the middle of, of the summer and why the, there's a spike, because really it's being manufactured. That's why. So it's very irresponsible for even the media as they're reporting things such as officials plead with public to stop spread of COVID-19 and that the county is saying that, you know, we need everybody to cooperate when the county themselves are the ones that are actually inflating the numbers. And that's why we're seeing a spike. And so, but here I want to point out too, because there's another video we're going to show you of Deborah Burks. We all know her as being part of the White House Coronavirus Task Force. But here is something that she said based upon how they are treating even deaths and death cases. For instance, if somebody comes into the emergency room with heart pain, then has a heart attack and dies of a heart attack, but that person is tested and they tested positive for the coronavirus, then they would be counted as a COVID death. And so this is what's happening. So basically they're counting everything that or they want to at least count everything that's moving and those that aren't moving 
they're designating that. And there's other reports on that as well. But here's Deborah Burks out of her mouth saying how they're treating those cases. Have a heart or kidney problem. Some countries are recording that as a heart issue or a kidney issue and not a COVID-19 death. Um, right now, we're still recording it, and we'll, I mean, the great thing about having forms that come in and a form that has the ability to mark it as COVID-19 infection, the intent is right now that those, if someone dies with COVID-19, we are counting that as a COVID-19 death. Now, doesn't that really drive it home, Jason? Now we've heard Deborah Burke say that on top of what we've heard the Collin County Board say today. Uh, going back to May, and you put this all together, and it vindicates what we've reported so far and other responsible alternative media have reported so far on COVID-19. Our insights, our opinions, our citing of facts were spot on. Now it's all for in the open for everyone to see. And I, I believe, Jason, you also have a CVS pharmacy item that kind of puts the capstone on today's newscast. As if we haven't heard enough outrageous stuff, now you've got this other item. Go ahead with that. Yes, Mark. What's happening is an individual uh, actually made an appointment to get a COVID test for getting tested for COVID. But they decided not to go. So they did not go and actually get tested. They received multiple phone calls from CVS. Uh, but just simply ignored the calls. They wanted to not go. It wasn't that they had symptoms. They just said, decided, I'm not going to waste my time. Then they received a letter. Get this, Mark. They received a letter from CVS addressed to the individual directly with verbiage in there about the testing that they never received. They never got tested. And it states that the individual was had tested positive for the coronavirus. So can you imagine? CVS is now sending letters to people who never got tested, but simply a person who set up an appointment to get tested. It's like an auto-generated letter, or uh, and this is assumption, but it is a real letter that they received after receiving no testing that they did test positive for COVID but never uh, actually attended any kind of testing and attended their appointment. So we can see where there's manipulation in the numbers. We have another insider who has actually spoken about how their hospital, a doctor at their hospital, uh, but this is a whistleblower, so that has said that their hospital, no matter if you come in with chest pains, if you come in with, uh, from a from a gunshot wound, you are going to be positive for COVID. So they're marking any case that comes in. So we can see this is there's a clear agenda here, Mark. And it's one I think everybody should be outraged. This is what they're destroying the economy over is fake fake information, fake news, fake numbers. The standard is so low. But I want to point this out also to the to the listeners from the NIH website specifically. The new guidance created a new cohort cohort of patients with diagnosis based on the risk of exposure and symptoms 
but no laboratory confirmation. So see, simply just, we can just, a patient, we're just going to determine these are patients, these are di not diagnosed by a laboratory confirmation. Simply, they're saying it's because of the risk, that there is a potential risk of exposure and symptoms. So you can see how the standard has been lowered. Also on the NIH website, it says the term probable case. Listen to that. The term probable case recently expanded to include a suspect case for whom testing could not be performed for any reason, which tells you probable case had already been used because it says they expanded the probable case. So what we're bringing to you today, what Mark has laid out, what you saw on video from Collin County and from Deborah Burks, is this is the smoking gun right here. We can see this. So probable case recently expanded, meaning that it was already being used, and now they've lowered the standard even more, that testing doesn't have to be performed in any reason, and they it's a suspect. So, wow, Mark. This is shocking. This is uh, this is breaking news as people watch this. I mean, this is this is just terrible and horrific that an economy would be destroyed with this kind of behavior. There should be accountability here, Mark. Yeah, it, to me, this is criminal fraud. If I'm walking out on a legal limb when I say that, so be it. But the government itself is adopting and accepting and enforcing things that meet no standard of credibility or believability. They can't even be called facts. They're, they're a far cry. They're light years away from dealing in facts. Chris Hill, the, the uh, uh, county judge there, the, kind of the head of the county board there, that in, a, in Texas, a county judge is kind of like the mayor of the board. Um, he says, he did realize, he said, during that same meeting, after he heard the presentation, if you have a subjective fever and you have a headache and you live in Collin County, you now meet the new qualifications to be a probable COVID patient. He was kind of summing it up and realizing what he had heard. It's remarkable, he added, how low the standard is now. And if you have one of the major symptoms, like cough or shortness of breath, and if you live in Collin County, you can satisfy the definition for a probable COVID case. I don't think it can be overstated how much this could be taken out of context and how much this could be giving a false narrative to our citizens in our community. And so Chris Hill did realize that the county is probably, <laughs> to put it mildly, on pretty shaky ground here or could be depending on how this crunches out. But remember, this was back on May 18th. But I did not see any evidence, however, despite his doubts and, and some of the other, you know, feelings of, of uncertainty or ambivalence among county board members, I did not see anybody outright substantively object to it to say, this is unacceptable. We can't use this. So they might have their misgivings. They might have their doubts and their concerns. They might be ambivalent, whatever but I'm not seeing objection. How could objection not be justified in this case? Any elected official worth his salt would say this is unacceptable. This ain't going to happen. Greg Abbott can say what Greg Abbott says. Fauci can say what Fauci wants to say. This ain't happening in my, in my county. 
but we're not hearing that. We're hearing begrudgingly somewhat, we're going to go along to get along. And until I hear something different, we're going to call it as we see it. Yeah. So in closing, here's another document I was able to dig up from the NIH's uh, archive that actually happened on April the 10th. NIH begins study to quantify undetected cases of coronavirus infection. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is something that is not new. It has been going on. It has been hidden from us, but now we're exposing it. And so awesome work. Thank you for that field report, Mark. I know that uh, as people watch this, they're not just informed, but they would be actually alarmed by this. They would be outraged by this and actually get involved because you're right. We're not going to allow this to happen. And this attack on on every single citizen of the United States. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is conspiracy, and it's blatant. It's in the open. And so that's what we're bringing to you today as it gets exposed. I, I would just suggest to readers in closing, to, to viewers and readers and, and listeners, because we'll post articles about this as well on our website, worldimpactnews.net, Call your respective counties, whether you live in the uh, whether you live in whatever part of the United States, whether you live in Texas or any other state. Call your respective counties. Tell them about the Collin County example. Ask them, point point out to them that you believe that they're using the same thing. You want to confirm that. Ask them what they're using. Ask them what their criteria are. But it's important that we all nail this down and file our grievances as the First Amendment guarantees. So make your voice heard. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. COVID numbers exposed, how they're inflated, how they're manipulated, and why you're seeing the spikes. So everybody, thanks for watching. Again, I'm Jason Mangum. And I'm Mark Anderson. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye.